0: Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit RiverCC.com. or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. This week's message comes from Pastor Brian Vaughn. Uh,
1: the Correls. I loved uh, the Correls. shared with us uh, our Advent reading, and they, they lit the candles, uh, for us, just signifying the season that we are in. It's it's Advent. It's it's the Christmas season, and uh, I love kind of the the tradition in that, and just kind of starting it and getting our hearts there, thinking about the coming of the Lord Jesus, and that's what we celebrate it, it, with this Advent. We remember that Jesus, the Messiah, came to Earth, and. God with us, Emmanuel, was one of the names that, that that is referred to the Messiah. He's God with us. He came because God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, so that whoever might believe in Him should not perish but have life eternal. That's John three sixteen, probably one of the most recognized Bible verses ever, uh, and even if you've never been to church, you've never read the Bible, you might have seen those guys with the signs, right, that said John 3.16 up there, and that verse comes in the context, uh, in John chapter 3, there's a, a Pharisee. A uh, Pharisee were the religious leaders of, of Jesus' day, the, the Jewish leaders, and they were very faithful to the law and the Torah, and then... Uh, in order to to really be holy, they had made up a bunch of their own rules that that helped you follow God's law, God's commands, that really went beyond God's original intent of those. And some of them were very curious about who Jesus was. Some of them were very threatened by who Jesus was. But Nicodemus was curious. And so he, he wanted to meet with Jesus, but he'd only do it at night. He met with Jesus at night. And said, Jesus, "What, you know, what is this all about? And when Jesus had stepped onto the scene, kind of his message was, hey, repent and believe for the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is here. Identifying himself like I am the embodiment of the kingdom of God, I'm here. So repent, stop walking the way you're going, start following me and believe in me because the kingdom of God is here. So Nicodemus had heard these things, had heard these things, maybe even witnessed some of the things that Jesus had said and that he had done, and so he goes to Jesus at night. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, if you want to experience this, if you want to be a part of this kingdom that's coming, then you have to be born again. (laughs) Kind of a strange thing to say to somebody, right? Born again, and Nicodemus kind of took it the way that many of us might take it, and he said, how can I, I? I can't. Return to my mother's womb. Like that's literally physically impossible. And Jesus goes on to explain a little bit. And I think Jesus' main point was that Nicodemus, you have to strip yourself of all of your identity. You have to come to the kingdom of God as someone who is like a child, like an infant. To step into a new life a new way of life that goes beyond your identity, that goes beyond your status, your power, your position. You've gotta be stripped of all of that so that you might experience the love of God. And it's in the context of that that Jesus goes on to explain because, and all of this is true because God so loved the world. God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal, everlasting life in the kingdom of God. I wonder how many of us woke up this morning thinking about the love that God has for For some of us in the room, it may be hard for us to even grasp or put our minds around that, around the fact that God loves us. I'm Maybe you might still be wrestling with, I'm not even sure if there is a God or if there is, that he doesn't care anything about me. And so you're, you're wrestling with that. But you might need to hear this morning that God does love you. And Jesus is God's gift to the world. Jesus is God's gift of love to the world. Because Jesus is the embodiment of God's love. Colossians 1 says that Jesus is the the visible image of the invisible God. He's here to show us what God looks like. He's here to show us what God is like. And ultimately, he's here to show us what God's love looks like. And so I'd love for us, just for a moment, to sit with that thought that God loves you and to think about what God's love is like. Psalm 36 is a beautiful picture. Uh, The psalms are often prayers or songs. The psalmist is just wrestling with, with, with God, and they're so honest, but I love this portion of Psalm 36 where this person is just praying and thinking about God's love. So I'd love for you to just bow your heads for a minute, and I want to read a portion of this psalm. And I just want you to think about the love of God. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. And another song says, your love, O Lord, is better than life itself. I'd love to challenge you this week (coughs) to set aside some time and just think a little more about how much God loved you. He loved you so much. As Philippians 2 says, he he emptied himself of his glory. Through Jesus, he emptied himself of his glory, and he came and he took the form of a servant. He put on human flesh, and he he lived this life that, that we couldn't live. In fact, not only is Jesus, as we mentioned, is the visible image of the invisible God, he's also the perfect picture of what God meant for it to look like for us to be human. And he lived the life that we struggle living. He died the death that we should have died for our rebellion so that we might have life the way God intended it to be. Paul says in Romans chapter eight, he says that, that God's intention for us, for those who are in Christ, for those who, are, who have answered that call to follow Jesus, that his desire for us is that we would be conformed to the image of Jesus that we'd be conformed to the image of his son, that we would become like Jesus. And Jesus is God's gift of love to the world. He is the embodiment of God's love. And so God's desire is for us to become like him. And becoming like Jesus means that we become a person of love. Becoming like Jesus means becoming a person of love. Because that's God's intent for us. Now, we've been reading through the Bible together. And I don't know if you've been on that journey with us. It's December. <laughs> We're in the New Testament flying through it. Uh, we've been through the Gospels. We're in the letters and, and, and Acts and following all that along, and way to go. Keep going. We're almost there, but it's pretty cool that this week, as we celebrate Advent love, probably one of the most famous chapters in the Bible about love was in our reading this week. You know where that is? First Corinthians 13. That's right. And So we're going to turn there and, uh, and read part of that, that chapter. But I wanna tell you a little bit about this church and about this city. So this letter, 1 Corinthians, is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth. And you know, it's it's really interesting. Sometimes we'll have folks, you know, we, we really need to be a church that's more like the early church, in which there's some elements of that I, I absolutely uh, agree with. I've been loving going through Scripture this time and thinking about you know. Uh, planting a, a new church, and I'm writing down out next to my Bible everything that I feel like. Wow, that's talking about church. That's talking about church. You know, writing it out there. Like I agree with that, but but sometimes when somebody says that, I don't know if they've actually read the Book of First First and Second Corinthians, because that's a letter to the early church, and that early church was messed up. I don't know if you've read it, but Paul's addressing a whole lot of things like sexual immorality. There was one brother in the church that was hanging out with his stepmother. Some crazy things. Paul's addressing some other things that, that's going on there. The, the way that they, they show up for the Lord's Supper and they're, they're becoming gluttons and they're getting drunk on the, on the wine. And they're not saving food for the poor that might come in after them. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that he's dealing with that he's trying to address here. Because you have a bunch of people that live in a city and they're a part of a culture. Corinth was one of the biggest cities in the ancient world at that time. It was the center of trade and all of that, but it was also just the center of a lot of just messed up stuff. In fact, some, some scholars will liken it to the city of Las Vegas today. So that gives you a little bit of a picture of what they're dealing with. And so you have a bunch of people that have grown up in this city that have, that have spent their whole lives in this culture, and now they've heard about the good news of Jesus and they're starting to walk with him. They're, they're starting to, to gather together as, as believers, but yet, man, there's a lot of stuff that they're coming out of. And so Paul speaks them pretty bold words to them. One of the other things that they're, they're, they're kind of struggling with, they're, they're kind of understanding is they're stepping into who they are in Christ and seeing that, that God's gifted them in different ways. And they're, they're kind of using some of these spiritual gifts and some of the gifts and the talents that God had given them and they're using them for their own glory and they're kind of fighting over, over what's most important. So that's the context within which Paul writes these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He writes, If I could speak all the language of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love... Okay, that's good. (laughs) Thanks, Luke. Yeah. Get the point? Let me, let me read that again. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. We can do a whole lot of things in the name of God. But if we don't simply love people the way that Jesus loved people, we're just like that noise. And everything that we stand for, everything that we believe, means nothing to the world. Because God's heart for you, God's heart for me, that we become like Jesus, and in becoming like Jesus, we become people of love. In Matthew chapter 5, it's a part of the Sermon on the Mount. If you're familiar with that. And Jesus is turning a lot of things just upside down. Trying to help them see, hey, walking with me and this kingdom of God that I'm ushering in might look different than, you've, than you thought it did. And in a portion of that in Matthew 5, he says, hey, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, but hate your enemies but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Wait a minute, Jesus. (laughs) That doesn't sound right. I mean, I get loving the people around me. I get loving my family. I get loving my community, but loving my enemies, loving those who persecute me, Because Jesus' heart was, and this love that he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 13, it looks like loving those people. Ever referred to somebody as those people? It's loving those people who don't look like me, who don't talk like me, who don't vote like me, who don't believe like me unless we're loving people in that manner, then we're just beginning this journey of becoming people of love. And this is what love looks like. As Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Paul says, that's what love looks like. He goes on and the rest of that. He said, look, so many of these things that will pass away, these gifts that, that we're talking about, the, the things that, that, that we see as important, every, all of that's gonna pass away. As, as Jesus returns and he ushers in the full realization of the kingdom of God, as he ushers in a new heaven, and a new earth, all of that's gonna pass away. The fact that you could uh, speak in in these different languages or a heavenly language, the fact that that you could stand before people and you understand the mysteries of God and explain those to people, those things will pass away But when the perfect comes. The things that remain are faith, hope, And love. And the greatest of these is love. Becoming like Jesus means becoming a person of love. And it means loving those people. Whoever you might identify as those people. In fact, I think. Becoming a person of love means becoming someone who never sees anybody as those people. That we see each other, that we see the people around us, that we see the people who are nothing like us as people who are created in the image of God and who have walked through a lot of pain lot of hurt, that are struggling to understand life just like I am, and I've just had the privilege that God has revealed himself, and I've been able to sit before him and say, I surrender, and I want to walk with you, and there are people all around us that just need that opportunity to hear that truth to hear that love to hear that good news because just like Jesus is God's gift to the world is God's gift of love to the world becoming like Jesus as we become people of love becoming a person of love is your gift to the world becoming a person of love is my gift In 1 John chapter 4. It wasn't in our reading this week, but it's coming. One of Jesus' closest followers was a guy named John. He became one of the leaders in in the church after Jesus ascended and, and turned over everything to his followers. And John identified himself in his gospel, in the gospel of John. He identified himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I used to think that that was a little conceited. I, may, I think I've shared this up here before, but he, I used to think, ah, he's kind of like, hey, look, Jesus loves me more than anybody else. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think what he's saying is, hey, I find everything that I am, all of my identity in the fact that I am loved by Jesus. And that's how I want to be known. Now, he did also identify himself during the resurrection as the guy that beat Peter to the tomb running. So I don't know, maybe he had a little bit. Maybe that was his struggle. Maybe his struggle was pride. But he wanted to be known as the one who Jesus loved. And for him, if you, if you walk through the gospel of John, that's where that story with Nicodemus is. He writes in John chapter 15, he, he records the, some of these last words from, from Jesus before he walks to the cross. And, hey, abide in me. Like, love me, walk with me. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and you need to love one another. John's gospel is about, about love. And, and, and these letters in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, carry that theme out. And this is where we get the the idea in the verse that God is love. So I'm gonna read this from 1 John chapter four, starting in verse seven. It says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Does that sound familiar? Same guy, wrote it. (laughs) This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Becoming a person of love is your gift to the world because none of us have seen the physical expression of God. We've not seen his frame. But when we love, when we love each other, God lives in us and his love is bought. Brought to full expression in us. So, as you live your life, as you go to work, as you go to classes, as you're sitting around the table at dinner time with your family, as you're going to the gym. as you're playing intramural sports, you guys got that? Or as you're watching Tennessee football on Saturdays, (laughs) whatever you do, whenever you do it, you're either showing people what love looks like and what God looks like, or you're giving them a horrible picture of who God is. Because the people around you probably know you sit in here on Sunday morning. Or maybe you're watching online and they know that you, that you watch or you claim the identity as follower of Jesus. Jesus. So what kind of picture of God, what kind of picture of love are those around you getting? That hurts me a little bit. no matter who I interact with, that no matter what the situation, the circumstance, that I could do that with integrity and with the kind of love that Jesus calls us to. And I don't always know what that looks like. Especially that part about love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Like, what, what does that even look like? Because I look around the room, and I know some of you have been through some extreme hurt. Other people have hurt you. Or maybe you didn't see God show up the way that you thought he should have. Steve did a great job talking about that last week. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I know where it starts. I think it starts with sitting and asking God to show you his love for you first. Pour His love on you, to show you how much He loves you, to show you how much He's forgiven you. Jesus tells a story at a dinner that He's at to make a point, and, and the point of the story, the story was something like this: said that that there was a there were two, two people who owed the king a whole lot of money. One owed him about a day's wages. The other owed him like years of wages. They were in debt to the king and the king forgave both of their debts. Just wiped it away. And he asked the people that he was sitting with at dinner, he said, which, which of those do you think loved God more? And the obvious answer was, well, the one to whom much was forgiven. The one who had the greater debt forgiven. He said, that's right. So I think if we start and we sit in God's love and we, we sit and think about how we've been forgiven, how we've been loved, just maybe that might open up our hearts to begin to love those around us and love even those that have wronged us. But it's also to to pray for those. I think Jesus even said that. Hey, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I think it starts with, with pray. And just acknowledging, God, this person in my life, I have a really hard time loving right now. But I know you've loved me. I know you've forgiven me. Would you help me to forgive? Would you help me to love? And just see what God does in your heart. But I know it won't happen if you don't try (laughs) I know that it won't happen for me if I don't intentionally sit with Jesus and ask him to transform my heart to become a person of love. Because it's easy to hate. It's easy to be bitter. It's easy to look out for my own my own good, for my own pleasures. But this God kind of love. The word in the Greek is is agape. It's it's this kind of love that gives, not the kind of love that takes. And it's sacrificing. And it won't happen on its own. But it does happen daily walk with Jesus. So that's the challenge for this week. Set aside some time. Sit with Jesus and, and ask him, Lord, would you show me how much you love me? Would you let me sit in that? But also to ask him, Lord, who where am I having trouble loving maybe even sit with that 1 Corinthians 13 passage that says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And ask him, Lord, is that what my life was like? And if it doesn't, then Lord, help me get there. Because I sure don't want to walk around and walk through life sounding like a noisy cymbal, a gong clanging. And I don't want to give people a picture of you that is not... do that this week we're going to sing a song if you want to stand up and here's the moment for now if you would love somebody to pray with you we're going to have some folks that will come over here and and pray with you maybe there's something going on in your life you'd love somebody to pray for you. come here or we have folks in the prayer room back there you wanna come over to this side and maybe maybe God's put some pictures of those people in your mind this morning and maybe you need to begin pray for them. You can come over here or, or whatever you'd like to pray for, just no one bother you, you can do that over here. But if you've never crossed that line to say, Jesus, I, I believe you love me and I want to walk in your love, and you've never surrendered to that, I'll be down here up front. If you want to come and, and talk to me. I'll connect you with someone to talk at a deeper level about that. So let's just use that time and sing with these guys. And this song just focuses on God's love and how much he loves us.
0: Hey guys, thanks so much for checking us out online today. If you want more information about the church or things that's going on here, Be sure to check out therivercc.com or download our app and visit us there. Also, as we go through the Bible this year, we want to help keep you engaged on what's being read and talked about each week. To do that, we have a podcast called The Word This Week, which will recap each week's readings as well as have special guests who will talk about what God showed them that week. So be sure to check that out on all podcast streaming platforms.
1: And again, thanks so much for checking us out online.